Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinson, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon to be Demon. Joseph? Yeah, man. How's it going? It's going well. Heard you had a fun week. Um, That's one way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have called it fun, but uh, yeah. Now, if people are wondering what happened, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. Man, I threw I threw that one out there. <laughs> Thanks for invading my privacy. <laughs> Joseph went to the doctor because he's older than I am, <laughs> and had a routine checkup. <laughs> it was it was glorious. <laughs> Put him out for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on that note, yeah, the day before the procedure is right. always the worst. If that tells you anything, then <laughs> uh, go to Patreon, five dollars. Like, subscribe, share, comment, follow, download, tell friends that you have about this show. Um. Joseph, today we're talking about Israel. <laughs> Guess we're just gonna open up a can of worms. Yep. Yeah. Sure. We're running in there, <laughs> strapped, ready to talk about Israel. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. We're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's gonna be fun. It's, it's gonna be something. Yeah. Okay. So, first off, about this question. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about Israel from from a religious standpoint or a what, yeah what, what would you yes, call I mean, that's fair. I think mostly from a religious standpoint. Like we're not diving into all the geopolitical right. components of what's presently going on in right. Israel. This is the the holy war <laughs> part, not the not the World War Three discussion. <laughs> right, we're not engaging in World War Three discussions. Right. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or even in time discussions, but in right that involve war wars. But anyway, yeah. yeah. This one's going to be confusing and all over the place, <laughs> and probably um, so. It's going to take a really long time. Yeah, that's fine. And we're making it longer by talking about how it's going to take a really long time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, first question is sure. Uh, this might be a little bit of a big question. Okay. <laughs> But what is the history of Israel as it relates to Christians? Okay. So as it relates to Christians. Because by the end of whenever we get done with this, we're talking about Christians and how we should view Israel. Israel. Uh Uh-huh. Correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So, all right. So if most people have a have an under like a, maybe a base understanding of the fact that you know of kind of the history of Israel in going back to the Old Testament. Right. But if they don't, I want to kind of just fill in some gaps or or give us a starting point. How about that? Okay. Okay. And so in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse one. All the, the way back to Genesis. Yeah, we're going all the way back to Genesis. Oh, okay. <laughs> But I'm gonna move. But mm-hmm. we're not gonna go just like book by book. Okay, okay. we're gonna. I'm just gonna set up a beginning point, right? And I'm gonna move through pretty quickly okay. and getting to Jesus. Okay. All right. So the Lord said to Abram, "This is Genesis 12, verse one. 
go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, this man named Abram is chosen by God. Mm -hmm. And God says, I'm going to... I'm going to bless you, and from you there'll be a great nation. And from and from this great nation of yours, from your descendants, okay, is what he's saying, all the world will be blessed. Okay. Okay. So all those that bless you will be blessed, those that curse you will be cursed. Okay. So this is and we kind of have to start at this beginning point with Abram. And eventually what happens is Abram has an encounter with God, and so then he has a name change, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's going from Abram to Abraham, all right? And so... Wait, um, he had the name change after all of that stuff was promised? Yeah, so let me... Yes, So, yes. null and void, then. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay. He didn't promise no. that to you anymore. <laughs> all right, let me read, please. All right. <laughs> Genesis 17, verse 1. Okay. Okay. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will set up my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell face down and God spoke with him. As for me, here is my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram, and Abram means the father is exalted. Mm-hmm. That's what a name means. Your name will be Abraham, and Abraham means father of a multitude. Okay. Okay. And he was 99. He was 99. So are we sure he heard this correctly? <laughs> We're sure. Okay. But believe me, there's a lot of questions that he has for the whole thing, too. Okay. And his wife as well. All right, your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful and will make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It's a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and your future offspring, I will get the land where you are residing all the land of Canaan as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. So in this part, God is making a covenant, covenant with Abraham, and he's making this covenant with, with Abraham, and, the, and that covenant is that I'm going to be your God, and I'm going to be the God to all of your offspring. Okay. Okay. And in all the offspring after you, I'm going to be, I will be their God. And it's a permanent covenant, and within that covenant, I will also give you land. Okay. And any specific land? Yeah, the land of Canaan is what he refers to here. Where and so geographically, that is um, so where present day Israel is. That's part of that land mm-hmm. of Canaan. Okay, and then keep going in Genesis seventeen verse nine. And I'm not supposed to ask about this till next week, right? <laughs> Hold hold land questions for now, okay? okay? But God does make a covenant, and it's, it's about with his people, 
and it's with the land. All right. All right. So verse 9, God also said to Abraham, as for you, you and your offspring, after you throughout their generations are to keep my covenant. This is my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you, which you are to keep. Every one of your males must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you. And so when we talk about, you know, circumcision, where does it come from? Right there. Right here. Okay. okay. And it's a sign of this covenant that God is making with Abraham and all of his descendants. And so from Abraham, he what, has... What's the point of that? What's the point of what? What's the point of... Of circumcision? Yeah. Well... Why is that thrown in there? Well, one is this... Okay, it's the it, sign of the covenant. Okay. Okay. So it'll make a distinction because no one else was doing circumcision at this time. Drop it. Oh, the covenant. <laughs> and so, but thankfully from this point going forward, it, you know, it happens when you're eight days old. Okay. Was the, was the custom was so at eight days, every male would be circumcised after they were born. Okay. All right. So it's a sign of the covenant. It distinguishes them between every other people group. Okay. And, so Abraham has a, he has a son, Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Okay. And then Jacob, kind of the same thing with Abram being, having a name change, if you were, to Abraham. Same thing happens with Jacob. And Jacob's name is, he has an encounter with God and it's, his name is transformed to Israel. Okay. Okay. And so so when we talk about Israel, this is where it's coming from. A Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. okay. And so when you refer to the God, because very often you'll hear, you know, Jews and Christians both refer to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob was kind of a dick until he got turned into Israel, <laughs> right? He he did some, yeah, he did some manipulative things, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so but so the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, and so from there comes Israel. Uh, Jacob or Israel have has twelve kids. From there we get the twelve tribes of Israel. Okay, and so and then you know from from that point you know so there's this movement. There is you know this movement of Israel, a people group named Israel. Okay, and and then. Through Moses, through King David, through King Solomon, all the prophets, it's all still dealing with this people of Israel. Right. And that leads us all the way it's up. It's all the back and forth, just same stuff all the time section of the Bible. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So, the, in, you know, in the Old Testament, it's basically giving the history of Israel up until the about 400 BC. Okay. And. And so from really from Genesis 12 with Abraham all the way to the end of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament scriptures, that's the, that's the history of Israel. And 400 to, to 1 is when Jesus came to America. <laughs> no. Right? No. Jesus, that's when all those are? Jesus never came to America. That's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> But Jesus never came to America. When Nef Nef Nephilim? Ne no. No. Oh. Yeah. You yeah, were going there. No. Let's <laughs> don't go there. And so, <laughs> so Jesus. Okay. Okay. He comes. All right. And um. And so Jesus of Nazareth comes. He's born in Bethlehem. 
And this is in that same, so it's still land, still the same land area region, okay, of Canaan that was promised. Present day Israel. Yeah. All the okay. Jews still live there. No, all the Jews do not still live in Israel. Okay. Yeah. About half the Jews in the world live in actual present day Israel. I mean, at the time. At the time? No, they're still dispersed as well. Okay. All the tribes, the 12 tribes are still dispersed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, do I need to go into the history of the dispersion as well? Uh, no. No, okay. I, Let's just do Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, so, uh, And uh, but part of it, we will get into it when we get into the, into the land. Okay. I'll talk about the scattering of the people and the coming, and the and then God's promises to restore the people back to the land. Okay. So we'll we'll touch on that at that point, okay? Okay. Um, but so Jesus, here's kind of the point too. Jesus coming through this same lineage, all right? Okay. Jesus is born a Jew, right? He lives as a Jew. He um, dies as a Jew. Yeah, I mean, he dies as the king of the Jews, you know, and is buried as a Jew. And we know he's coming back as the king of the Jews. And so Jesus is a Jew. His 12... You know, apostles are all Wait, Jews. Is, is that how he actually referred to himself? As the king of the Jews? Yeah. Well, remember when he's on trial. Yeah, they and, make fun of him and, with it. And, yeah, they end up making fun of him with it. But I thought that was just to mock him with. Well, but there's actually, they ask him in one of the trial set scenes, they actually ask him, are you the king of the Jews? And he says, I am basically who you say I am. Okay. Yeah. And so... He doesn't deny the fact that he's the king of the Jews. He was really good at trial, even though they killed him. I was going to say, I don't... He's really good at answering a question, question, but not answering a question. question, like being very vague or answering (laughs) a question with a question. That's very Jesus, right? And so, but... And so... so, Did you commit this crime? Did you commit this crime? (laughs) I'm not as good as Jesus. No, you're not. But none of us are, so it's okay. Um, The... (laughs) <laughs> the so, so Jesus is a Jew. Early apostles are Jews. All the early church, like the first like seven chapters of Jerusalem, almost all of them are Jews. Okay. Um, and and now and so the and so this this whole movement is a is actually a Jewish movement because they believe Jesus is the Messiah that had been prophesied about all throughout the Old Testament, who had been promised throughout the Old Testament that the Messiah is going to come. They're believing that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise, of those prophecies. And was any of the prophecies that he was going to come and kill everyone in Israel and take it back? Okay, I see what you're saying. Like, not the the non-Jews that are in Israel. Um, There's a lot of end-time scriptures that we can interpret at this point. Okay. Through that lens. Okay. But it would have not been a it, it would no it would not have been a, a leap at all for them to believe that when Jesus first came or, or when the Messiah first would come that he would come and that he would be a like a military leader that that ends up gaining you know victory through military means the the more the more. I feel like I learn about this. Mm-hmm. The more I can see how the Jews were like, what? what that guy? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like every time we talk about something about this, and yeah, 
Jesus not doing what everyone thought he was supposed to be doing. Right. It's like, man, there's a lot of things he was, should have been doing that he didn't do, according to all these people. Yeah, and it and it does make it, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you see all these prophecies fulfilled in Jesus. Right. But then there's all these prophecies that really are to be fulfilled at his second coming. That are the ones that are still hanging out there, but... It would not, I mean, but most Jews at the time thought that all those prophecies were one, like all happening all, all at one time. All were going to happen at the same time. Correct. Okay. And that's why you have so many Jews to this day that don't believe Jesus is actually the Messiah. Because they only did half the things yeah. that he, that they think That he, they thought that the Messiah would do. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, all at the same time. Correct. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously Jesus, when he returns, will do all those things. Mm -hmm. It's just... His first coming and his second coming are the distinctions there. Based on left behind oh, interpretation of... Oh, Lord. Because <laughs> that's the one I know. Okay. If all of the Jews are still here uh -huh. after Jesus takes all the Christians to heaven for okay. a bit... Okay. Or whatever. Okay. Then wouldn't, wouldn't they at that point be like, oh... Jesus is probably the guy. Yeah. All right. So, since he's doing the things that we thought he wouldn't wasn't right. going to do. Okay. So, I'll make two two right? comments. <laughs> One, that's if there's an actual rapture. Okay. Which I don't think there is. And then, <laughs> so I've already alienated myself from like half the people watching us. But <laughs> okay. Um. And then number two. We are going to talk about what happens when the fullness of the Gentiles has occurred that leads to all of Israel being saved. What? Okay. <laughs> so we're going to get to that here in a I'm second. I'm going to stop asking questions. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> let's just say, all right, let's just say I don't want, we should get our theologies from the Left Behind series. How about that? Well, I wouldn't normally, but. Right. But that's all you got to work yeah. with. Okay, I understand. All right. So. So when when we talk about Christianity, it wasn't like it was a new religion that was just kind of birthed out of thin air. Christianity right. was what we know as Christianity. I mean, it kind of was birthed out of thin air. <laughs> she was a virgin. Okay. So, yes, Jesus was born a virgin. Okay. <laughs> I'll use better terminology. Okay. All right. So it wasn't like... Christianity was just created, right? <laughs> I was say out of nothing, but I was still screwed. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> forget it. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Christianity, though, is not just this like brand new made up religion. Good job. Okay. All right. There you go. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> Rather, Christianity from 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 those early followers of Jesus, right? Christianity is seen as the fulfillment of what they've been believing in their whole lives. So they don't see this as a new religion. They see it as the fulfillment of what they've been hoping for, believing for. Right. Okay. And so there wasn't like there's this massive disconnect from Judaism. Like the early the early church, they still were in the synagogues and the temples all the time until they were eventually kicked out. Um, but that's they still kept going back to the temples. They kept going back to the synagogue. That was part of their 
just normal routines. Um, they were still following the dietary laws that were handed down by the law given that was given to Moses. Um, and so, th- in other words, they were still being very quote unquote Jewish, you know, mm. and and they're Jew. They're they're obviously Jewish by ethnicity, but they're still following so much of their Jewish religion. Okay, okay? and so and and as Christianity begins to spread, what you have at that point as Christianity is spreading is that more and more Gentiles are non-Jews are being brought in to the church. Okay. Um, and the Jews that weren't Christians yet were really mad about that, right? Uh, the Jews that were not Christians yet were, yeah, they were really thought that was ridiculous. They were very bothered about how Jews and Gentiles could mix. Okay. But so many of them had already discounted the Jews that were believers in Jesus as the Messiah anyway, because they thought they were blaspheming. Right. And so, but anyways, it, and so as this movement begins to grow, and one of the things that happens is, you know, in AD 70, Rome comes in and just wipes out the temple, kills, I mean, just millions of Jews. AD 70, so eight. Yeah. What, so what? 70 AD. Se- oh, okay. Yeah, so 70 AD. Oh, I thought you said 80. Oh, not oh, AD. Yeah, A- <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, 70. What? That's in like 5,000 years or 6,000 6, years. I can do math. <laughs> Seven thousand years. Six hundred and seven thousand six. I'm prophesied. Not really. Six hundred and sixty-six right. <laughs> years. I'm just gonna start using the 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 BCE and CE so that's easier. <laughs> All right. So in seventy, I'm just gonna put that mm-hmm. temple is destroyed. Millions of Jews are killed and by and, Romans by the Romans. Okay, and at that point, the church had already begun to really move beyond Jerusalem anyway. And so so for this, so what happens is though, all these Jews are killed, temples destroyed, and but with all these Jews being killed and Jews are like dispersing everywhere, part of this, the persecution because of that among all Jews, whether they were Christian Jews or, or not, didn't matter. Like they were just going after Jews. Okay. Um, so this was round one. Okay. Of we got to get rid of the Jews. No, this is round. I mean, even at this point, this is, there's been so many attempts to get rid of the Jews. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like that. Oh, that whole, that whole part we skipped. The whole part we skipped. Okay. Yeah. Like if it, like, I mean, if it wasn't for the Maccabees, the Jews might've been wiped out at that point. Oh, right. We've talked about that. Yeah. I I mean, the Jews, like the Jews have always been under attack. So this is round one thousand, right? It just seems that way. It's wild. Okay. I mean, to be honest with you, that's one of the crazy things about the fact that we're still talking about Israel and the Jews today. Right. The fact that they're still here is mind-boggling. Which is why anytime anybody says today, why can't they just talk to each other and figure it out? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> They've been doing this forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. way past that. <laughs> Right. I mean, we've never even had that. Right. No, it's never been an option. No. So it, shut it, up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think people underestimate the the just the such the the depth of the religious convictions. Right. In so many of these camps. And it's not right. just Jews with Muslims. It can be among the different Muslim groups, which I think people who aren't religious don't mm-hmm. get. Oh, sure. 
And then, you know, of course, that's one of the arguments of, well, you know, religion has just always led to war. If we didn't have religions, we wouldn't have war. But then you look and you go, well, how well did that work out for the any country that's ever been communist and atheist? Right. I mean, they end up destroying and killing more people than all the religious wars it's combined. It's just not war because there's only one side. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyways, getting back to Israel's relationship with Christianity. So that's how Israel and, and Judaism is connected into Christianity and Christianity birthed really out of that. And... But what I was getting to was as after the temple was destroyed, it was all the persecution of the Jews. By Romans. By Romans. Okay. And again, Christianity had spread at this point around the Mediterranean. So if we're you know looking at a map and you're putting you know Jerusalem on that east side or in Judea on that east side of the Mediterranean, and it's it's going up and over and around, you know, so it's going north and then west. Um, um around north the Mediterranean. And then west. Okay. Yeah. Um, North, okay, because moving Is- like you know from Greece and then over to Rome towards Spain, because Israel's at the end of it, the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the very- on, on the very western side, or excuse yeah. me, eastern right. side. Okay, mm-hmm. and so and so that's so it's going to Europe. Christianity's going to Europe, Europe. right? Okay. Correct. It's going straight up to like where. It goes straight up to like where um, modern day Turkey is, right? Like Asia Minor, mm-hmm. that area, and then hooks west into modern day Europe. Okay. Yeah. Um and and so so and, and as a racism. Huh? <laughs> no. They didn't want to go down. Well they actually did. It actually went all the way down into the northern Africa as well. Okay. Yeah. So it goes all the way down there into Alexandria and everything else. And so okay. so Christianity is spreading just all around the Mediterranean world. All right. But um in the midst of all of this in the midst of Christianity spreading, but Jews being persecuted, it really began to become more of a Gentile church okay. or a Gentile-led church. And then as as that's as that grows, I think So know, the Jews were starting to get scared again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they were getting scared, like, uh-oh. but <laughs> maybe we should we shouldn't have done this. Yeah, but even by like two hundred, there was already Less and less Jews. I mean, like the the number of Jews that were actually leaders in in the major areas of of the church are really few. Okay. Um, and so it has become heavily a Gentile led church at this point. Did Jesus say to do that? Say to do what? Like go make Gentiles Christians? Yeah. Absolutely. Like specifically? Specifically. Oh. Yeah. And so when, in you know, he talks about, you know, we we refer to it as the Great Commission in Matthew 28 of go and make disciples of all nations. So there's that. But then there's there's two more layers to this. So in Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus says, when the Holy, that you'll be empowered when the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria, so it's starting to branch out from that point, and then it's to the ends of the earth. Okay. And then in Acts chapter 9, Paul is saved, and as Paul is saved, God gives him a specific call to reach the Gentiles. And so through Paul's journeys in, in the rest of the book of Acts, from like Acts 13 onward, from the rest, the rest of those books, what you're seeing is Paul's movements 
among the Gentiles and God specifically directing Paul, who's a Jew, to reach the Gentiles for Christ. Did they always say till the end of the earth back then because everyone thought it was flat? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Because there is no end of the earth. Yeah. There's just, yeah. You just keep going. Just keep going. Because it's a round That's thing. true. Yeah. Everybody, reach everybody. How about that? Okay. Yeah. And so... Um, and so, so Christianity from those earlier years and then moving forward has really been a, 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 obviously a heavily Gentile led church. And so, and that kind of leads us into like modern, like if I just take that and just fast forward like almost 2000 years to today, what it has led to is actually very different viewpoints of Israel among Christians. Okay. So I hope that helps with how Christianity relates to Israel. You sent me three different things that I'd never heard of. <laughs> okay. And I'm just going to ask you what those three things are. Okay. <laughs> that works. So, so this has to do with, with Christians and, and it, like, it's like a sliding scale of how much they care about Israel. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, That's what this seems like. I don't know if I want to phrase it so crassly as that, but okay. Let's just go through each of them and let's see where they fall. Okay. So the first one is replacement theory. Yeah. So yeah. Or, what What does that mean? Yeah. So replace or re, re, and I'm sorry if I said theory. Replacement theology and and so replacement. Oh, the, that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there's these different perspectives the way that Christians view Israel. Okay, and one of them is through this um, theological position called replacement theology. Okay, and in essence, what it's saying is that the church has replaced Israel, and so Israel the the what? Who God's chosen people are? Okay, yeah. So in in replacement theology, the chosen people went from being the Jews, right, ethnically. Mm-hmm. To the church spiritually. Okay. And now the church is God's chosen people. So in other words, all of those that believe in Christ, whether they're Jewish, they're Gentile, doesn't matter, the church, they're the new Israel. So all of the so the promises that were for Abraham. Like the land. Okay, they would so in replacement theology. There's no need for the land anymore. Okay. Yeah. So in replacement theology, the land is just basically written off. And so in other words, like it was for a time and a place. That was one of the things I was going to ask you. Okay. About the, the, maybe I'm supposed to ask, I'm not, well, I don't know. Go ahead. That was one of the things I was going to ask you was how, like for when and for how long was this promise of land? Yeah, and so because like, if they had it at any point for any amount of time, promise fulfilled, game right. over. <laughs> like, yeah, I think when when we read back what we read in Genesis with the covenant about in Genesis seventeen, the covenant that God made with Abraham, uh-huh. He said the covenant would be forever, it would be a perpetual covenant, and they would also have the land forever, forever. Okay, yeah. And so in replacement theology, 
Well, it's, they already haven't had it for forever since that promise was made. They had it on and off. Right. So right. And now they've maybe got... Maybe that promise was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's talking about that there will be a time when they will have it forever. <laughs> that would be for, forever. Right. So, but anyway. All right. So, but with right. replacement theology, in replacement theology, again, the church replaces the... Um, Israel, as in, in terms of the Jewish, you know, the ethnic Israel, that they're replaced by the church. So God's chosen people are the church. Abraham's descendants are is is becomes a spiritual connotation. Okay, for whoever follows Jesus, right? And okay. so, for example, in Galatians chapter three, um. And verse 7, you know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. And so it's it's all about those who had faith. They're the sons of Abraham. And in Romans chapter 2, so I'll, I'll read this, Romans chapter 2, verse 25, circumcision benefits you if you observe the law, but if you are a lawbreaker, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if an uncircumcised man keeps the law's requirements, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? A man who is physically uncircumcised but who keeps the law will judge you who are a lawbreaker in spite of having the letter of the law and circumcision. And this is where Paul is kind of nailing this down because remember, circumcision was always the sign of the covenant, sign of being the holy, the chosen people of God. Okay, that's such a weird way to. I know to, to show people that you're holy. <laughs> it's a. Are you holy? Yeah, you want to see my like? Of course <laughs> I am. The, that was the sign. So you ask God about that when you was get it on there. their flags. <laughs> like, why is this the sign? We couldn't have tattoos somewhere, <laughs> right? So we just. Anyways, all right. So, oh no, those were forbidden too. Right, all right. <laughs> they were maybe. <laughs> all right. So anyway, verse twenty-eight, chapter two. For a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, and true circumcision is not something visible in the flesh. On the contrary, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart. By the Spirit, not the letter. That person's praise is not from people, but from God. This is this is so confusing. Okay. I'm really having a hard time following this. All right. So for thou who is not circumcised right. and doth keep the law right. does right. not so, like what? All right. I'm getting right. confused. Okay. So <laughs> let's let's let me try to break it down to this point. Okay. Right. What what's what's happening here is Paul is saying, listen. You thought your circumcision was enough to make you be considered God's chosen people. That your circumcision of the flesh was enough. Paul's saying, but now what I'm saying is the one who's a Jew, in other words, the one who's one of the chosen ones of God, who's part of God's chosen people, is not chosen of God based upon a circumcision of the flesh, but it's based upon Faith is based upon the circumcision. What he, what Paul refers to is as the circumcision of the heart. So, getting 
Jesus is like getting circumcised. circumcised. Yeah. I mean, in essence, right? Uh, okay. so, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> in other words, instead of there being like a cutting of the flesh. Oh, it's a cutting of the a, a spiritual cutting of the heart of the spiritual flesh. Yeah. 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 The spiritual cutting of the heart that says, okay. oh, I, I need Jesus. I need Christ. In replacement theology, again, the church replaces ethnic Israel as okay. the true Israel. So Christians say to Jews, hey, all the cool stuff God said about you, that's us now. Right. I mean, I mean, in essence. <laughs> Go screw yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and they would, you know, and, and again, the, the further idea of like, all the promises are yes and amen in Christ. Um, and so, according from 1 Corinthians. Okay. And so, in other words, that yeah, I'm in Christ. All his promises are toward me now. Whoever's the one in Christ, that's where the promises are toward. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's so, an interpretation of what Jesus said that would lead, because of this, uh-huh. that would lead people to think that. Correct. To, to to embrace the replacement theology, right? Okay. So now that the world's blessed because not because of Jews, but because of Christians. Okay. And worthy, yeah. worthy group of people to look toward for good living. Yes. Like the Jews were, like the set apart. Yeah. The set apartness, the, all of the provisions that you find in the Old Testament, right. you know, the sense of, you know, well, your inheritance, in other words, all like even like the promised land, right, can be interpreted in a spiritual sense where, okay. you know, the promised land, it was full of, you know, milk and honey and just, you're blessed. And that can be interpreted in a spiritual sense for us now. So do we think that new creation is going to be that? Is that yeah, what and, that... And that's and that's very much a large part of, yeah, the replacement theology of saying the new creation is that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's, repl- I mean, that is replacement theology in like a nutshell. I mean, there's okay. the most long, exhaustive teachings and lectures on replacement theology that will go into every detail and make what I said look very simplistic, but I'm just trying to give a simplistic summary. Okay. So according to that, should I go here? Go. Okay. So according to that theory, why aren't we over in the Middle East blowing people up for our land back? Yeah, but for in a, if we've in, taken in, in, on the in, promise, yeah, but in replacement theology, they don't care about the land, the physical land, right? Because it's all spiritual. It's all spiritual. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. So they, yeah, that's why. Okay, so the next one, what is fulfillment theology? Okay, and so there's based on Israel right, stuff, right? And and there's different takes on fulfillment theology that that term is used. Um, okay. W- w- here's how I'm going to de- describe it as. It's replacement theology, okay? So in other words, church, the church has replaced Israel, okay? However, there's also still a fulfillment, because everything's been fulfilled in Christ, but there's an ultimate fulfillment, of, but the land, and, or there's a fulfillment of the Jewish people at the end times in, in, in eschatology world. In other words, I'm sorry, Theology of end time world. 
okay, where where it does say that there will be a time where all Gentiles, like the, the fullness of time for the Gentiles has come. In other words, all the Gentiles that have been saved will be saved, and then Israel will be saved. And they'll have, it's it seems like they'll have their land because Christ will be returning to that land, okay? And so fulfillment theology... This is a lot of picking and choosing it, it is, stuff. It is. And so... But it's like a it's, it's so it's like replacement theology to a degree, but it still holds out the fact that there is a place for actual Israel at the end times. So not heaven or hell. No, no, they, there's still a heaven and hell. And so, okay, maybe, and maybe the phraseology is kind of throwing you with the, I say all Israel will be saved. It's not that they're saying they're saying all Israel of all time will be saved. It's just that at that moment in time there'll be this great, like like revival, awakening, oh. whatever you want to call it. Okay, so where all of these Jews will get saved at the end time. So this is what I was saying earlier that all the Jews at the end are gonna yeah realize that Jesus was right and be like oh right cool right yeah. And then they're all going to get saved, and then they're all going to go uh -huh. to heaven. And Correct. they're going to get Israel back. Yes. Yes. And they're all going to be circumcised. <laughs> yeah, they already were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so in Romans eleven twenty five, it says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you will not be conceited. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So there's a... A, Paul, a partial hardening, but it's just until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all of Israel will be saved. And this is what is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this, and remember, Jacob is Israel, right? So he will turn godlessness away from Jacob or Israel. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And so... That's I think that's an important part there, and and so in fulfillment theology, everything is fulfilled in Christ. Yes, but there's also this part where there will be a fulfillment for the for the Jews for Israel too at the end. So if we're right and the Jews are wrong, and this theology is correct, mm -hmm. this is a pretty good one for the Jews. Yes, okay. sure, yeah, All absolutely, right. absolutely. But I'm assuming. The next one is even better for the Jews. <laughs> I guess we'll find we'll find out. I don't know <laughs> because it means it's even better. All right. So what's the next one we got? All right. The next one we got is Christian Zionism. Oh so yeah. What is that? Okay. So there, there's and Christian Zionism is a phrase that's used sometimes in a negative connotation, sometimes in a positive connotation. Okay. Okay. And so uh, Dr. Michael Brown actually just tweeted this earlier today and i thought it was kind of wild that he was tweeting this while we were talking about it or it might have been last night actually but he says this that the definition of a christian zionist is someone who believes that god communicates clearly in his word god can be trusted god keeps his promises and god has mercy on whom he chooses to have mercy and i love dr michael brown he's he, he gladly embraces a christian zionist 
but I don't think that's the definition of Christian Zionism. That just sounds like Christian stuff. This is, I mean, it's like basically saying it's someone who believes the word of God and believes it rightly, as I do, and everybody else is wrong. Okay, yeah. And and I and I, and I love Dr. Michael Brown, and I'm actually heavily influenced by Dr. Michael Brown. I he's he's an incredible scholar. Um, he's a gift to the body of Christ. And so, but I think that's more of a, I don't, that's not how I would define Christian Zionism. Um, and so Christian Zionism is this understanding that yes, that, that yes, God's chosen people, they're, they're, let me put it this way. Christian Zionism would say that the church hasn't replaced Israel, but rather the church has been, or Gentiles has been grafted into Israel. What? Okay. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your reaction. So let's read. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Yeah, it's okay. So let's let's read. Let's find out. Okay. All right. Um, I like the middle one the best. All right. So far, that's where you're at. Yes. Okay. So far, that's where. You're, all right. Very good. Um. All right. I ask. So this is Romans eleven, verse eleven. I think. We'll see what happens when I ask all the questions next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Romans eleven eleven. I ask then, have they stumbled so as to fall? Absolutely not. On the contrary, by their transgression, this is referring to Israel, to the Jews, mm -hmm. by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. Now that their trans <laughs> now that their transgression brings riches for the world, and their failure riches riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness bring? Now, I'm speaking to you Gentiles. So it's about getting rich. No, no, no. Not rich in like, um, not rich in this. Ri oh, rich in, in Christ. In spiritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so verse 13. Now, I'm speaking to you Gentiles. So he's talking to Gentiles here. Paul mm -hmm. is. So in this book of Romans, to give context, the whole book of Romans is centered around Paul discussing the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. Okay. So he's this is there's this kind of constant back and forth. Oh, so there's a whole thing about this. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, this was so because remember early on, as the Gentiles are being added to the church, they've got to figure out the Jews in particular have to figure out what does it look like for the Gentiles to be with us now. It's a, <laughs> this was another situation where Paul was sending letters and it was like <laughs> complete back and forth and stuff. Yeah. Get out. Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Don't, don't <laughs> Never do mind. That. You can come in. Wait, we got another one. Yeah, okay. You can keep going. <laughs> yeah, Paul's sending letters everywhere because a lot of it is trying to calm down this relationship. I mean, Ephesians, Galatians, Romans are all dealing with this Gentile Jew relationship, okay, in the church. All right. So. Hang on. Don't come in. Let me see your penis. <laughs> Well, if we laugh about it. I mean, that's, that's what they were. That had to have been what they were that's doing. Abs that's actually one of the things that's being discussed. Is now that the Gentiles are part of us, do they need to be circumcised? Right. And that was a big question. And Paul's going, "No, they don't. They don't have to be circumcised." Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> Remember, Paul's a Jew, so it's not like he's just you know Gentile writing for the sake of Gentiles. He's a Jew. <laughs> he's circumcised, but he's going, no, you don't. Gentiles do not have to be, um, Gentiles do not have to be circumcised. All right. 
Paul keeps going on and he says, now if the first fruits are holy, so is the whole batch. If the root is holy, so are the branches. Now, if some of the branches were broken off and you, referring to the Gentiles, though a wild olive branch were grafted in among them and have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree, do not boast that you are better than those branches. But if you do boast, you do not sustain the root, but the root sustains you. And and so this root is going back to this part of, hey, remember, all of this was a... This was all established by my people. What what Paul God's say? I, I don't know. He's talking about trees and olives. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Just come on in. <laughs> Let me keep reading. All right. <laughs> then you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. True enough. They were broken off because of unbelief, but you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but be aware. Because if God did not spare the natural branches, that's the Jews, he will not spare you either. In other words, did God remove branches, the Jewish branches of those who didn't believe? Yes. Okay? Okay. So stay with me on this. Therefore, consider God's kindness and severity. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness toward you, if you remain in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not remain in unbelief, will be grafted in. Because God has the power to graft them in again. In other words, okay, if the Jews begin to believe, they can be grafted right back in. Okay? For if you were cut off from your native wild olive tree and against nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? And that's where I read earlier, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you will not be conceited. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. And so there's this reality in, in, in Christian Zionism, the way they view it is that the church has been grafted in to Israel and that, the, that Israel still holds an important part. Okay? And so they, they're not saying they're saved. They're not saying they're part of the church. But we're all... A collective, but they're but they're but they're they're still important to God. So, like, if one if something happens to happens to one of us, it happens to all of us. I don't know if I want to make that much of a generality statement. Okay. Um. But but it's also true that God hasn't reject like He's not rejected His people. Um. So, in other words, so here's what I'm saying is, am I, am I, so they're still his people then. Right. Right. Okay. So because replacement theory is they're not, they're not, they're not anymore. Right. And so in Christian time, it's still like, no, those are still God's people. That's yeah. Yeah. That's still in, in Christian Zionism. It's no, those are still God's people. That's still, they are still God's people as well. Like, and don't get it convoluted. I mean, Christian Zionists are very clear with this. Like, don't get convoluted. There's just one church. It's those that believe in Jesus Christ. Okay. But Israel is the the ethnic Israel, the people group, ethnic Israel, is still important to God. Okay. I don't uh, like this one. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just. I think I like parts of the first two, the middle one, a little bit more. Okay. 
Which one is that? Fulfillment. <laughs> Fulfillment. Yeah, I like that one more than the first replacement. Okay, but I like parts of replacement. Okay, yeah, and I think part of this is the part of the Christian Zionism part is driven by Paul's own pleas for Israel, his own his his own heart for Israel. Okay, okay, and so in in Romans nine, for example, um, he he says in Romans nine verse one, "I've got great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the benefit of my brothers and sisters, my own flesh and blood. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service." And the promises, the ancestors are theirs. And from them, by physical descent, came the Christ, who is God over all, praised forever. Amen. And so... That's pretty clear. That what? <laughs> that yeah. all the promises are still, still theirs. theirs. Yeah. And and so this is where Paul is crying out. And this is where Christian Zionists would say, well, see, here in Romans 9, you have this, you have this cry of Paul saying, listen, this, like, I'm... My heart is so for Israel. Um, and so, you know, and, and then... But is that just because there's Christians there? And then in Romans 10, this this other one, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them, again, the Israelites, is for their salvation. And so Paul is, you know, Paul's desperately wanting the Israelites to come to know Christ. And he's he's saying, I'd be willing to be cut off from them. And so from from Christ, Paul said, I'd be willing to be cut off from Christ if it meant all of them would be saved. My point here is in Christian Zionism, there is the there is the church, mm-hmm. but there's also the the ethnic people of Israel as a group. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that the promises, covenants are still for them as well. And and so there is this belief that one of those promises, and we'll get into Excuse me, we'll get into it more in the future, but you know, one of the promises, bedrock promises, is that Israel will be in the land again. And so for Christian Zionists, they believe that Israel should be in the land that they're in right now. Okay. And they absolutely should be there. And, and that so, we should help them stay there. Sure. Sure. Well, I don't like that part. Yeah. And and that can <laughs> And, and and maybe help them stay there can be interpreted in different ways, right? So I'm not saying every one of them will go, let's go to war with them. Mm-hmm. Because not all of them will. And this is where there's a distinction between the people of Israel and like, and that they should be in the land. And then, but that, and this is where it kind of gets difficult. Because I think in Christian, in, in like one sense of Christian Zionism, there is this blending of the people of Israel with this, with the political state of Israel. Right. But I think others that hold maybe a little bit more toward a leaning of Christian Zionism won't equate necessarily those two. I feel like it gets equated all the time. And it's just a hodgepodge of yeah. nonsense when people talk about this. Yeah. and Because like, like, so for example, that phrase, I stand with Israel. What does that mean? What is it? Like, who are you standing with? Right. Are you standing with the people group of Israel that's dispersed all over the world? Or are we standing with the country, like the geopolitical country of Israel? Right. 
And I think that ha- I do think there has to be a different. And people get those there. confused. Oh, very much. Not so. even confused. They just don't know what they're talking about. And, well, yeah, and I and I do think there's a perspective. And don't even know there's a distinction to have. Correct. Like, is God for everything that the country of Israel does? Right. No. Probably not. No. I just no, because they they have done their own. They they have committed their own. Like, like every other country in the world, right, has committed th- like committed their own atrocities, right, and so there's we God's not for everything the country, the state of Israel does, but God is for those. God is for the people of Israel. Is what Christian Zionists would say. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, well. Guess we'll get into more of that later on the next week's episode. All right. And all the Ishmaels and Muhammads and yeah, Jihads man. and well, let's go there. Shaloms and this, this is a problem with all this stuff. Is <laughs> I never know when it's like a, I never know when it's a, when it's a Jewish word or uh-huh. a not a Jewish word. Right. When I'm reading tweets. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know whose side this guy's on. <laughs> I don't know whose word this is. Right. Ugh. We'll see if I can help it's you. It's just a mess. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. <laughs> you can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast and on X, previously known as Twitter and Locals, at When I Heard This. Patreon is $5. Like, subscribe, share, comment, follow, download. That was fun kind of ish ish yeah so we'll anyway it. you can follow me on <laughs> throw right out of the facebook ring. and instagram at nate robinsoff and you can follow joseph on instagram at rev joe t this has been the one i heard this podcast and we'll see you guys next time bye